pick your class and learn your battle points. Because it's time for the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Welcome to episode 188 of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Sammy Boy, Split Screen, Ethan Clark, aka Danger Cat, Arcross, and Rogue Wolf. Hello there, everyone. Hello there. Hi there. Hello. I can't believe I said hi there instead of hello there. It's just just have to be different. In this power-packed episode, we're talking about our new project, Star Wars Wayfinder, the state of the game so far, and what we'd like to see going forward. So, let's get started. So, let's get started with what exactly is Wayfinder? So, uh, Wayfinder is the first, I believe, network for Star Wars creators. Um, It's a group of Star Wars creators that we believe are exceptional at what they do. Uh, Passionate individuals, people that possibly have niche coverage of a game or a movie or something they don't have to be big in the community they just need to be very good at what they do passionate individuals like the people in this podcast right now uh, we've got a battlefront podcast which we're on now who obviously <laughs> they do the podcast portion of it and that's what they're good at and we have rogue wolf who's very good at um well he covers a very niche part of the community which is what i like mm-hmm. he's got quite a, a small focus on what he does but it's a lot of uh, informational stuff about starfighter content yeah we kind of all have our own little uh our own little niche yeah i mean there's arc uh, arc as well you know he's he's out there you know well known in the community mm-hmm. you know a lot for his captures as well you know we've all yeah. i think what's nice especially about this little group we've got going on in this podcast right now is we all do similar things but at the same time we also cover a nice broad range of content as well which i think for you know purposes of this it's just really great to kind of have all these different views and opinions what i really like is is the the drive to quality that we have in the group that's something yeah. um, like yeah. um, i mentioned to you yeah. sammy boy when when i started doing youtube videos i was looking at your videos and i was like oh that's a quality i want to achieve with my stuff looking at the way you brand your stuff um the graphics the content you put out especially your tutorials because tutorials are kind of my thing that's what do I do for a living, actually? That's what I really enjoy. And I mean, we've only just begun and I learned so much already. There's so much we have to learn from each other mm. and our experiences uh, within the community. And in the end, it can only better us. It's, it's, there's nothing... Even even if Wayfinder doesn't turn out to be that successful, at the end of it, everyone that's involved comes out as a better content creator than they were before. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we've all learned from everyone, you know, there's a lot to learn. I feel like we've already learned a lot, even though we haven't really even gotten started yet, so... As for what Wayfinder is, I think the closest comparison would be something like Rooster Teeth or the Yogscast, where we have, like, a a sort of centralised brand where we run social media accounts that do news, have collaborative content, like, we'll... We're hoping to have a Wayfinder YouTube channel where we do some video content and regular live streams where we all come together and talk and play games and possibly even a website off in the future. But that's, you know, that's a pipe dream. We don't know about that yet. (laughs) But as a purely on the sort of like more operational side, creators that join us will get assistance with things like sponsorships, branding, merch designs, editing and community management. So it's basically a place where creators can come to focus on what they do best which is making the content 
and while they don't necessarily have to worry about any of the what a lot of content creators might consider the boring stuff which is you know all the brand deals and stuff like that so yeah that's, that's what wayfinder is i think collaboration is a great part of it as well as tips and tricks you may know, know something that i don't know and vice versa um, and helping each other out is a great part of that as well we've talked a little bit about who we've got involved we've got Ethan, we've got Rogue Wolf, Arcross, Sammy Boy, Split Screen, uh, myself, Battlefront Podcast, but we have so much more too. Uh, we've got Battlefront Captures as well as uh, Elliot. Uh, Ethan, would you like to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so obviously uh, not everyone could be on the podcast today. but um, It would be madness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be absolute <laughs> madness and a pain to edit. But we have quite a wide range of creators on board already. They're mostly Star Wars creators. We have one that isn't a Star Wars creator per se, but I really liked him, so I, so I invited him anyway. As of today, the day we're, rec- we're recording this, we have Arcross, Cinematic Captures, Rogue Wolf, Sammy Boy, Split Screen, Battlefront Podcast, Battlefront Updates, Wolf Wolf Wolf, Elka Gaming, and Tombi. That's our lineup. Big lineup. Does sound like Avenger if you put it like that. (laughs) (laughs) The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Yes. I'm super excited about what we've got coming up, especially in such Battlefront so far has been in a pretty good place in terms of support. We've been getting pretty much consistent updates. Communication has been pretty good so far as well. What is everyone's thoughts on the the state of the game so far since we really got that push on communication with uh, Ben Wall coming in? I think nobody saw it coming, really. At least I felt like the game was somewhat doomed from the start. So just, just seeing how they keep pushing out content still to this day, it's, yeah. it's amazing, really. The support for this game has gone way beyond what I initially thought it would. Before the game came out, they said the game was going to be a live service, and we sort of expected the content to go on for a while. Mm-hmm. But then the whole launch fiasco happened and that pretty much killed most of the hype. People weren't so, uh, what's the word, not, not enthusiastic. Maybe, yeah, yeah, enthusiastic could be the word. There was that sort of period of quietness where nothing really came out of DICE. You know, just after the December yeah, the last Jedi like content drop. January to early March sort mm-hmm. of period. It was very Yeah, quiet. there was radio silence pretty much. Um, we didn't really have a community manager, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, it, it didn't feel like Yeah, because Sledgehammer was going out. I think yeah. we had one, but they just weren't saying anything about the game. Yeah, or... I think they, like, I don't really know what happened, but I assume that he must have sort of known that it wasn't for him and he kind of must have, you know, slowed down his workload in that area, I guess, because mm-hmm. it was, yeah. for a long time, it was kind of pretty dead silent, really. I remember it, around the time the progression update came, which was, what, March... Um, yeah, it was March. I think like February before that, it was just like we didn't hear anything at all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was pretty. It did say, like Ark said, it did seem pretty doomed at that point. And that was uh, not long before the solo update dropped, right? Yeah, that was, was about that? Yeah. two to three months before, I think. Yeah. So think- the progression system dropped in yeah. March, and then solo, like solo part one was in May with like Hero Showdown and Champs yeah. Palace. And then solo part two is uh, was June with like Kessel yeah. and the legendary skins and stuff yeah. like that. I remember. Um, I was watching the the EA Play live stream with my friend uh, Boxip, and we were watching the live stream on a Discord call. And Dennis came onto the stage and started talking about Battlefront. The feeling of 
don't don't be surprised if, uh, the feeling of disappointment that i got when they showed castle on the screen was like insane like i thought they were just going to come on talk about what they've done you know we've done the progression system he brought out castle and that was going to be it but then they absolutely blew our minds with the clone wars announcement i I'll, <laughs> i've never screamed in a discord call before but i did scream <laughs> that day i uh, i was so excited Brilliant. Yeah, I remember that day so well. I'd literally just finished it. I'd finished playing a cricket match or something, and it was, or the EA Play announcement was probably just after my brother was at home. The match finished. Checked my phone, saw it, saw General Grievous, and I just, I was just, I was so happy. I called my brother and everything. It was just, yeah, it was. It's going to be a day I'm going to remember for a long time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I literally remember that like it was yesterday. It was like Christmas. That's what it felt like. It really was. Felt like I was a little kid on Christmas. Which which of the four heroes were you most excited about when they announced them? Probably Grievous. Uh, yeah, for me it was Grievous. Yeah, just the fact of how different he was, and he he's the only one who wasn't. You know, he's not a human, so he was kind of like just I don't know, just the different sort of nature of him. No, I guess the most exciting. Will he use two swords or four? Was the main thing. Yeah, that was a big discussion. I remember. Yeah, I actually yeah. do remember that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of speculation videos back then, right? Oh yeah, the speculation videos. We uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sort of goes back to what uh, Wayfinder is is about. There was a lot of like baseless and wild speculation about what was coming to the game. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka and yeah, Ahsoka <laughs> only, and that's still Ahsoka win. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're talking about 2018 or 2020. Yeah. <laughs> still the same. Uh, yeah, they're inter- interchangeable. Yeah. They're, they're, Maybe he's talking about the future, you know? <laughs> 2021, Ahsoka's still being wanted. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is... working um, on it for a long time. I went, actually went back for a video to um, a developer Q&A. Dennis Branwald did back at the beginning of 2019. I'm not sure. It might be the December 2018. Where he was talking about the plans they had for the game. And you could still feel the frustration that he didn't have the time or the manpower to put this in place. And to look back at it now, I'm I'm thinking can be pretty happy with himself, what he achieved. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. They've oh, come yes. so far since then. I'm really happy for the team. I mean, imagine working on this, actually, and, you know, having your work ruined like this by a launch that had problems kind of blown out of proportion a little bit, in my opinion, as well. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah, I agree um, just, just look at the base maps we got, like Naboo, or especially if you um, kind of explore them in arcade on a pc with a mod that removes the boundaries the detail <laughs> even if you go out far is just absolutely it's absolutely amazing mind-blowing yeah to have all this work you did for so many years overshadowed by this and then actually pull out of it and make it a success and i mean especially when it comes to live service i mean dice has this other other game battlefield 5 its fans are not very happy with the live service i think <laughs> <laughs> and so who would have thought back then that Battlefront 2 would be actually an exemplary for how to do a live service for a, Definitely. For a game. Yeah, Battlefield and Battlefront kind of switched like places, really. They, Definitely. Battlefield 1 was really, you know, handled pretty well. And then Battlefront 2, obviously, the launch wasn't great. And then really in about a year, they just completely switched, which is like it's good for us but it's obviously <laughs> the other half of the community is probably not too happy about it. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing I've been wondering. What, what do you guys think 
um, about the game going forward from here. I mean, it's so uncharted territory. We talked about it in the Discord earlier. After the celebration edition, in if yeah, you play a niche mode, you can actually have a pretty good barometer of um, player count because all of a sudden Starfighter lobbies were populated again and you could even you know, find Hero Starfighter games on, on PC every once in a while. <laughs> so lots of new players. And um, I'm just curious. I quoted this interview. I mentioned like in 2019, Dennis Branwell said, we want to support our games for much longer. But how much longer is is this for Battlefront 2? I'm really curious. Mm. What do you it, think? As, as far as I'm aware, they plan to support it throughout 2020. I mean, that's what yeah. they said last year, right? They said... Mm. But yeah, they really they mentioned the, the start of 2020. I don't know if they ever really put in True, concrete yeah. 2020, but I think... Yeah, I think officially it was yeah. like March was the, the kind of like, well, we know we're going to get to March. Um, after mm. that, we have some things we want to announce kind of thing. We'll see. Um, it's, it's interesting because a lot of games are moving towards the live service and it it's fascinating to see more games launching like Overwatch has been around for five years. We've got uh, Rainbow Six Siege that's been around for five years. Rainbow Six Siege is a really good example, yeah. And like I think that's that's the one I always point to um, is Rainbow Six Siege because it's such a, a powerful example of something that's been supported for so long with such mm. high quality content. And the thing is too with Siege, it actually had a terrible launch too. It actually exactly. really bummed out for the first year and then it's, look at it now, it's still going strong. So it can be done. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I mean, Rainbow Six has been going on for, you know, I think literally within the last week or two, they started season five, mm-hmm. um, like chapter one or whatever, like Void Edge or something. And you look at that and then you kind of look at Battlefront. And I think with the vast amount of Star Wars content that there is, you know, within these three eras, I think, you know, they can tap into things like Rebels, Clone Wars, Resistance mm-hmm. and all the other films and so on. I think there is so much content they can go and push out into Battlefront 2, but it's whether or not they want to kind of develop the game further and yeah. or develop something further and maybe I, put it into Battlefront 3 in a couple of years down the line but it's just I think yeah. the potential for this game is very very big same here I think the potential's there but uh, one of the key differences between Battlefront and the games the other games that we talked you just talked about uh, Siege and yeah. Overwatch is mm-hmm. that um, they're both very different in scope the yeah, Battlefront is a much larger game than those games and yeah if you think you know that they, they'll, they'll make a new map for the siege but in battlefront that one new map might be the size of 10 siege maps yes yeah and yeah. so 100%. and so i i think that battlefront while a live service can work for it and there's a lot of stuff to tap into the frequency or the amount of content that we're going to get is never going to match that of overwatch yeah. or siege uh, of course yeah for sure just purely because of the amount of time and effort it's required you know is required to make one piece of content for battlefront and the different yeah, layers absolutely. it has to go through because i mean rainbow six siege is like let's make this map and it's like okay battlefront mm. you have to like okay we're thinking about this map let's go to lucasfilm and see if that's something that we can do yeah the approvals mm. is and then it has to go through through all of these different levels before it's like okay we can make this especially with the heroes that's yeah that is very I mean, true i remember dennis saying in an interview sometime last year i think I think he was basically asked what, um, it might have actually been a Game Changer interview sometime last year, and he was basically asked what the kind of most painful thing is, and he was saying that approvals is kind of the most annoying side of things, really, you know, because with I think if they didn't have to do any of these approvals, then I think time, 
in terms of timings of things or freedom to create would probably be a little bit I don't think better's the right word for it but it's kind of you know you'd get a bit more leeway with it is kind of where I'm trying to go with it it's just it takes up so much time yeah there's been a lot of uh a lot of like updates not heaps but maybe like three or four updates that have had to be delayed or sorry I should say uh CTs that have had to be delayed because they aren't you know, given approval to give that information yet. And even even mm-hmm. though a CT is not, you know, it's not the end of the world if we can't get the information when we want it, but it's still just those tiny little things. I think that's a lot of the issues that Battlefront has. It's not so much the, the large stuff, it's more the tiny little details that sort of get the community pretty annoyed. So yeah, yeah. those sort of approvals, I think, even just with something as small as a CT, it seems like it does have a pretty big effect. I, I do prefer the, you know, when they put out a giant CT that just has everything in an update, as yeah. opposed to what they used to do before where they would put out, say, like four CTs a month. Yeah. yeah. Break everything down into smaller pieces. I, I didn't enjoy that. I, I like getting mm. the big content drop that I can go through and read. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I didn't I didn't mind it, but it was just kind of, you know, you've got a CT, you know, let's go back to, I guess, let's go back to December or, or at least, no, January. So it'd be like with the January, obviously, that turned into early February with BB-8 and BB-9E and so on. So it'd be like they'd have a CT on the two heroes, then they'd have a CT just on Supremacy and yeah. stuff like that. It's just, there's, I feel like, yeah, it is so much more enjoyable. And I think from an organizational point of view on their part, is just probably easier and just nicer just to have it all in one big document that everyone can just go and read through. Yeah, exactly. I think the idea of the smaller CTs was possibly to... Obviously, as a from a marketing standpoint, you, you want the game to have publicity. And yeah, if you course. spread out uh, CTs worth of content over four weeks, then you sort of have that same publicity, but spread over, the, over a month. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's constant attention with all these news drops and things. But for a consumer standpoint, like for us as players, it doesn't really feel very rewarding, I guess. Or maybe yeah, that's the wrong word. I think I feel like it's the excitement yeah. like, just dwindles a little bit because it's like yeah. we get a piece of news. It's like, oh, yeah, great. You know, I'm really happy with that. And then it's like a week later, more news. And it's like, yep, come yeah. on, you know, just, and then it yeah. gets to the following week. It's like a third CT. And it's like, can we yeah. just please have the update now? <laughs> Whereas, <laughs> yeah. Like imagine if they did the the Clone Wars announcement, but instead of announcing all of it at once, they were just like, sometime <laughs> next year you're going to get General Grievous. And everyone would be like, oh, that's really cool. But then a month later they announced everyone, and it's like, oh, that's really cool. It would have been cool if you did it at the same time, though. Yeah. And they waited to announce, like, supremacy mm-hmm. until, like, the last second to be like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the next generation of consoles plays a part here with the future of Battlefront? Uh, I do, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think I so too. I kind of, um, I did think that Battlefront 2 would get support for, you know, well, I don't want to say I th- uh, like I thought it, but I was hoping that it would get support for, say, yeah, five or so years. Games like Overwatch and that have done exactly. it. So, But I honestly think their best option would be to make Battlefront 3 on the next-gen consoles and then make that the one that firstly has a good launch and has mm-hmm. you know Learn from yeah. their tries mistakes. to correct the issues stuff like um better saber combat and all that kind of thing private matches all that stuff that we've been wanting launch with all of yeah. that and then have four or five years worth of really good content that's just content they don't need to add the squad system they don't need to add supremacy they don't need yeah. to do that kind of stuff and they can focus on maps yeah. and heroes and stuff like that 
that's yeah. that's what I would say is. I mean, I'm not a you know I don't work for Dice, so I don't know. But that's what I would imagine is the smartest option is to release a more powerful game on a next gen console and then make that the focus rather than yeah. Battlefront yeah. Two. But I that, I would be very pleased if Battlefront Two was this you know still the focus as well. That's the big question. I feel like with the Celebration Edition, I feel like that's sort of what they were thinking about when they released it. Mm. Maybe they were just testing the waters to see if there was still interest in a Battlefront game. You know, if people still if people were still hungry for that type of game. Mm-hmm. And it blew away expectations. Mm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Sure, I mean, I think um, if I remember correctly, the play the player base from December to January doubled so in january we had double the players we had in december and that was like a two-year high i think Mm -hmm. that was similar numbers to january 2018 so like it was it was absolutely insane you know if i remember correctly as well it actually made it into the but the top five it did in december for xbox and playstation Mm. and that was among new games that had just released as well there was one week yeah. where it was actually above uh games like god of war and red dead and call of duty and all that which doesn't very often happen yeah. well, that's just mm-hmm. and considering this is a two-year game that yeah. had a bad launch as well like that's really impressive yeah you don't see overwatch coming up there at the top and stuff like that you don't see siege being the most popular exactly and you're starting to you're starting to see these more popular streamers going back and being like uh, oh my gosh battlefront's completely changed like jack frags recently did like a live stream and with with like um what was it the, the update that added supremacy on the sequel trilogy maps and yeah. that got tons of views. We, we're seeing these these changes in the community where you can say, oh, yeah, I do. Uh, I make YouTube videos on Battlefront. And you're instead of getting like, oh, that crap game, you get, oh, that's cool, yeah. which is which is definitely a change. And like my brother and I were just talking about this, about the next gen consoles. That's going to be very interesting to see how that affects things, because they're setting it up to where you're at least Xbox side. It'll be up to EA to decide if they want to port it over very easily, because all of the Xbox games are backwards compatible. It's a no yeah, brainer, um, right? PlayStation, PlayStation Five will have backwards compatibility with PS4 as well. Yes. Yeah, they said Just they're PS4. releasing the, t- yeah. the top hundred yeah. titles, which I would imagine yeah. Battlefront Two would be in there. Yes, I would think so too. It'd be it'd be a no brainer from EA's part to do that, in my opinion. They if that didn't, the game just ends. Like, there's no, exactly. no one's really going to play it at that point. Personally, I think that uh, the Celebration Edition was probably the most important event for Battlefront 2. Mm. I mean, a lot of people might say that that was the progression update, you know, that changed, that fixed all the wrongs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I think from someone, as uh, someone that loves Star Wars and Battlefront, the Celebration Edition was the single most important not update, but thing that's happened to Battlefront because it sort of validates your, or at least my vision of what Battlefront is. You know, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. It did seem like that was part of the, you kind of touched on that a little bit. It seemed like that was maybe their goal to kind of test either one, it does really well and they can keep supporting it, or two, if it doesn't do that well, here's the final edition of the game and this is what it is mm-hmm. now. So it mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. either way, there was no, there was no losing with that whole event yeah. really yeah because i think with the celebration edition it was kind of like well we've just had a year like we've just had a really good year you know a lot of a lot of people coming back and it's just you know it's been great but do we still have that momentum going forward or not and i think obviously with the celebration edition launching the way it did and obviously having all these players come back ign re-reviewing it from a 6.5 to an 8.8 it shows that it's still got 
legs to stand on and you know can keep on running really the publisher ea was very happy with it as well if you look at their last conference call they mentioned the celebration edition overachieved by a lot actually exceeded the expectations in terms of sales yeah no i saw mm -hmm. that it's like yes finally so ethan has a very good point actually it's it's very good that they could actually prove that yes they could fix or they have fixed this public perception of, of battlefront and like you mentioned so many big youtubers playing battlefront now i I think yesterday I saw um, a video by Shroud playing uh, as BB-8 in, in Battlefront. That was amazing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and he had lots of fun with it doing. I, I think the difference uh, since then has been night and day, you know, in-game. In before you would go and search for a HUV map, for example, a uh, match, for example, and you could be sat there for 30 seconds to five minutes looking for a match, you know, even even up till like September, November last year, which was which was okay. I didn't mind that because there was still a healthy core player base. After the Celebration Edition, there was no waiting times, and there still isn't now. Like You, you might be waiting for max 5 or 10 seconds before you get into a full lobby, and I think that that's just... It really is. And I could see it on my channel as well. So many people looked for my tutorial all of a sudden. There's one star yeah. tutorial up, and that gets most of the views on my channel, and it was like exploding around December. Mm. And, yeah, uh, I noticed I a lot of older tutorials did start doing really well all, all of a sudden. Especially like um, since EA hasn't really updated their website in terms of that kind of front, I really think the highlights are the YouTube videos that are coming out. Like we've got Rogue here who has this very niche high quality videos on, on the front of Starfighter Assault, which I think is still like, a, it's one of the most robust aspects of Battlefront. Yeah, for sure. But I, I feel like the... It, it's lacking uh, in a, with the content, though, still. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I won't argue with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big Starfighter player. I don't particularly enjoy it that much. That's just a personal thing. I have nothing against people that, <laughs> that like Starfighters uh -huh. in Battlefront. But <laughs> I, I don't think it's fair to them that they don't get as much content as the players of other game modes, like most of us. It's something that kind of is connected to or the fate of Battlefront as well. I think uh, there were different plans for this. And this developer Q&A I mentioned um, back from 2018, I think, December 2018, Dennis actually confirmed that there were new maps in the making for the mode. Yes. That flying maps are absolutely coming. And wow. then um, the launch happens. <laughs> and then, um, you know, these all these games that were in development that got cancelled by EA. If you look at this article by Jason Schreier, the gaming journalist from Kotaku, who recently reported on um, a Battlefront spin-off that got cancelled. Um, apparently, Criterion uh, was working on that with, I think, Respawn. No, not Respawn. Um, EA Montreal. Well, that's it. EA okay. Montreal was, yeah. they had a Battlefront spin-off in, in the making and Criterion was part of it. My guess is if Criterion was in on it, that it had something to do with stuff it is, or vehicles at least. That got cancelled. Now we have Project Maverick, which has me hopeful, of course, again. <laughs> we'll see a new Starfighter game. Um, and very excited about it. You, if you saw my video, you could tell. <laughs> um, but we still know very little about it. So I know there's like a big rumor or want in the community is Criterion to make a um, basically pod racer-esque game oh yes that would be fun <laughs> i would love that. that i'm buying everything criterion makes <laughs> uh, exactly what, what sort of angle do you think they'd take because i i think if they uh went down the obvious route of having you know a need for speed style or not not an open world but like a, a circuit based racing yeah. game I, I feel like it could be quite shallow 
I feel like I feel like po- mm. um, pod races are kind of hard to make an entire game out of. I feel like it would be a very uh, one-dimensional game. There wouldn't there surely mm, yeah. wouldn't be too much depth in terms of like a storyline and mm. the you know the mm. gameplay would mostly just be flying a pod racer. That's uh, can't imagine pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think what everyone is hoping for, at least the the people in my community, the the Starfighter community, is a game that actually like um, Rogue Squadron or yes. or this Tie Fighter mm. type of game that comes with the story but with the multiplayer as well. Um, has maybe mm. some open world aspects to it. You can see a little bit of this in um, the Old Republic, for example. So this type of game is something I think Starfighter fans are hoping for. One that focuses on Starfighters again and has the backbone of a story and a solid multiplayer. Uh, a that standalone awesome. Starfighter game could definitely do really well. And I yeah. think that would be really good for the for the people that have come to Battlefront and found that there isn't that much to do with Starfighters. Mm-hmm. As good as the the gameplay might be just to give them their own game that they can play so that at least then dice can focus on battlefield yeah not neglect a part of their game yeah because it feels it feels like you know they've got this portion of the game that they're neglecting mm. I, I understand why it's i understand that starfighter assault and hero starfighters are just not very popular game modes so it's somewhat justifiable from a from a developer point of view but if if, if these people had their own game i wouldn't be so upset about dice ignoring those fans in terms of like the cancel star wars games my theory is it has less to do with ea and more to do with lucasfilm because i mean even with fallen order which was a huge success lucasfilm was trying to get them to make a bounty hunter game and respawn was like no this game's gonna be lightsaber and had to fight for that to happen and i really think that aspect of it has a big reason why all of these star wars games are getting cancelled. I mean, that's why Disney got EA on board, right? It's because EA, whether you like it or not, they're very good at making games and they know what. Mm-hmm. They generally know what people want. If you look at Lucasfilm's history with video games, I mean, sure, they had some good games over the years. They had the original Battlefront, KOTOR and everything. If you look at Lucasfilm's history with video games, they, they're not... They seem kind of... Death. To me, it feels like they think of it as a very secondary or tertiary sort of thing that they do. Mm-hmm. They they, yeah. they make some very knuckle-headed decisions along well, the way as well. There was the whole announcement for like the book era and comic book era where they were hyping it up so much it seemed like it was going to be a video game. And then it was comics and books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like Lucasfilm doesn't know exactly what Star Wars fans want. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would agree with that. Lucasfilm is more into serving the loudest part of their fan community rather than the the people who are invested in gameplay like one of the one of the highlights of fallen order was yes its story but also the very powerful and great gameplay aspect of it i mean it's respawn you can't they have been the golden child of ea since titanfall one and i think they should give more freedom to that team because they're just so great at what they do they really haven't produced a bad game so far or everything they've released has been really really well done let them do their thing and fight lucasfilm to make their idea <laughs> lucasfilm surely trusts uh respawn by now right i mean yeah they sort of so. went out on a limb and said okay we'll let you make what you want and mm-hmm. it turned out to be more successful than they thought who surely that means now that respawn has that creative freedom to sort of do whatever they want with their star wars license <laughs> 
So we had the mention of a new way to play offline. What do you guys think is going, what do you think that's going to be? I personally feel like it, it'll either be like offline, it'll either be offline co-op or offline guys. So I feel like, cause it says mm -hmm. in, in the files, there was this whole missions thing. It said missions attack or missions defense. So I feel like it could either be, you know, you're playing Galactic Soul, but offline or cop but offline. But I feel like it would make more sense to be offline Galactic Soul, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I think if they can do that, then especially instant action, um, you know, people who mainly play single player and essentially, you know, if you don't have, like, if you're playing on Xbox or um, PS4 and you don't have, you know, PlayStation Plus, Xbox Live, because you can play instant action and you could essentially have Galactic Soul in there, I feel like that would be incredible for offline players. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm expecting something along those lines. Some, some one of the game modes added to offline would be greatly appreciated for the offline community. Something else I would love to see alongside that would be split screen. Hello. <laughs> where you can play split screen too. <laughs> Who doesn't like a split gone. screen, right? <laughs> Choose your words carefully. <laughs> like, I think that would be such a fun addition because oftentimes mm -hmm. i'll like i'll jump into an instant action game just for fun and i'm always like man i wish i could play split screen with my brother yeah see this is where kind of the name almost came about um for me actually because you know me and my brother always used to play split screen battlefront one battlefront two and yeah i mean we're, we're identical twins anyway so there's kind of like the biology behind identical twins which also plays a part in it but you know it, it's we used to play split screen on we had a playstation 2 and we used to play split screen lego games or yes. um, battlefront and that's kind of where my name's mostly come about is because of those previous experiences we had and the fact that you know we used to be able to do this in the original battlefronts all the time to not be able to do that right now apart from in one very specific part of the game mm -hmm. is is a real shame and i think if they can go and do that then it would be absolutely incredible i mean we've both got two p we've got a ps4 each in the game so like we can play together but you that's don't not the have, same you know that's not going to be the same and obviously not everyone will have that so it's just It'd be nice if they can go and do that because mm -hmm. I think it would be it would please a lot of players for sure. Nothing beats sharing a bowl of popcorn and then screen peeking with your yeah. brothers or friends. <laughs> yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's something I'd love for my children as well because mm -hmm. um, they're ten and eleven and they like Star Wars. They're hardcore Star Wars fans, and um, I'd totally love to play certain you know replay certain parts of the movie with them um, in split screen and yeah. not just like running around and you know that's something i'd enjoy very much and i wouldn't want them to play online with me because in my opinion they're too young for that but to play be able to play something like that with them and i think dennis has uh, dennis brentford the design director has kids around the same age if i'm not mistaken and he kind of mentioned something like that as well so yeah. who knows that's what star wars is all about though isn't it it's about it's a thing for everyone definitely and if you can enjoy it with your kids, then I think that's that's just incredible. Like, I, I grew up, I, th I think that's the same for all of us. We all grew up watching Star Wars as kids, yeah. probably mm -hmm. with our parents as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think going forward, it's really important that people like Rogue Wolf can also do the same thing with their kids. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like um, for for younger people as well, it you know, it could almost breed the next generation of Star Wars fans as well. You know, people see Battlefront 2 and it's like, whoa, okay. Like, they might not necessarily be big, be big Star Wars fans, but they play Battlefront 2 split screen offline with, you know, with their dad or their mum or something like that. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know, there's so much to this. And they watch the films, they're like, oh, you know, massive Star Wars fans all of a sudden, you know. And I think 
um, Battlefront 2 has that opportunity to be able to go and do that. I mean, with the online kind of immersion anyway, that's great. But obviously, if you're, you know, maybe too young to play online or you don't play online anyway, you're an offline player, then being able to have essentially Galactic Assault in the offline you know, with split screen, being able to do something like that with the family would be I, an amazing I, I don't experience. know, to be honest, because, um, for example, I haven't grown up with Star Wars at all. My parents aren't into it. Um, oh. And I've only really been a part of the Star Wars fandom since uh, Battlefront 2015. Okay. Um, I, I remember buying the game, like, half randomly. Because, uh, cause, okay, I knew Star Wars. I had seen the movies maybe once or twice. Um, and, and I kind of liked it, but... Not that much. I, I saw a trailer for Starfighter. Um, I remember there was there was a really great trailer for a Starfighter game mode in Battlefront 2015. And that hyped me up so much that I bought the game one day. And just by playing it so much and every day, and I, I just <laughs> I just came to love Star Wars that way. So to me, it was actually Battlefront 2015 that brought me to the Star Wars fandom. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome, awesome way to get into the franchise. Yeah, that is really interesting. I, I wonder if that's true for a lot of other Battlefront players as well. You know, if they just picked up Battlefront because they saw that it was big, either on YouTube or whatever, or they just picked it up randomly at launch. And if they're now Battlefront, fa- uh, sorry, Star Wars fans, I, I, like, I, I'd really like to know if, if that's something that, if something like Battlefront has had that effect on a wider scale it's very interesting i know with uh, the way we got into it our cousins we didn't have a playstation uh we had uh we were nintendo people we had gamecube so i grew up playing like rogue squadron like with star wars but our cousins had a playstation 2 and they had both battlefront 1 and 2 anytime we went to go see them we would play that game and like stay up all night playing it wake up play it some more (laughs) and then Even even to this day, like anytime we visit or they come up and visit us, we we'll, we have backwards compatible on our Xbox One and Two Battlefront, so yeah. we pop that in and play some more. <laughs> Fair no, that's awesome, actually. That's really cool. I, I miss those days of just staying up all night playing games yeah. with a friend, like a sleepover or something. There was one time in particular, me and my brother, so it was when we were in like in year three, so I know to some people that would be really confusing, but um, we basically went to bed probably around nine o'clock or something, we woke up at midnight, or I woke up at midnight and my brother had just come into my room, and then, you know, he was like, oh, you know, be quiet, you know, let's, let's go downstairs, so we, we literally went downstairs at midnight, and then until six... I think until 6am on a school night we were playing the original Battlefront 2 you know whether it was just Conquest or we played a lot of Heroes vs. Villains because that was actually my favourite mode back then um, weirdly but I I really enjoyed that and um, so having Heroes vs. Villains the way it is now in Battlefront 2017 kind of brings me back to those days which is why I like it so much Um, but after playing six hours straight of Battlefront 2 in you know when we were like seven or eight we then went on to Lego Styles to the original trilogy for about an hour and a half and then went to school. But it's, you know, it is moments like that, that it's, you know, I do hold really dear to me. And I think it would be amazing for, um, you know, whether it's kids or teenagers, even adults, you know, playing through the night, having these styles experiences. I think it's that kind of opportunity that Battlefront has, which I think is, you know, really unique, especially with the Styles franchise. Definitely. 
I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Those, those, those <laughs> moments in, in, in our childhoods where it was just like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Man. Those are some wonderful moments. That's all for this episode of the star Wars battlefront podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter. Wayfinder is at Wayfinder. You can go there for news on the game, for the developments on the network, and some more great content. Battlefront Podcast is on Twitter at SWB Podcast. You can follow Arcross, and that is at Arc3ROS. Sammy Boy is on Twitter at Sammy Boy with three eyes YT. You can follow Rogue Wolf at Rogue Wolf A24. You can follow Ethan at DangerCat, and you can follow SplitScreen at YT underscore SplitScreen. You can find the Battlefront Podcast on Instagram and TikTok as well. That is at SWB Podcast. You can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast, or on PayPal, paypal.me slash tie-dye-sheep, T-Y-E-D-Y-E-S-H-E-E-P. Another great free way to support the show is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you can leave a review. Thanks to you, we've got 100 reviews, and we'd love to hear more. It helps us out a ton. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast, and you can reach us on email through battlefrontpodcast at gmail.com. Keep an eye out on our YouTube channel later this week. We've got a further collaboration coming soon. You can listen to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts, you can find this show. As always, thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. <laughs> Thank you guys for uh, coming on the podcast, and uh, there's some awesome things coming up. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, thank you pleasure, for having man. us. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. This has been yeah. a, an absolute blast. I look forward to <laughs> editing and figuring out how I'm going to sync everybody up. Should we all do a, a sync mark now at the end? We just have to like do it the wrong way around. Yeah. Does that work? We can all like try and sync up counting down. Um, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. 10, 9,